You're listening to Trek FM. Want to join in the conversation and share your thoughts on this episode? Join the Babel Conference, our listeners' discussion group on Facebook. Just type B-A-B-E-L into the Facebook search field, and we'll look forward to seeing you there. This is Steve Sansweet of Rancho Obi-Wan, and you're listening to the 602 Club. Hello and welcome to the 602 Club, your local watering hole here on TFN. Uh, my name is Matthew Rushing, and with me as she is every single week, the one and only Christy Morris. It's me. <laughs> I'm here I don't know now. where that came from. <laughs> uh, my presence is your presence. Yes, there you go. That's beautiful. <laughs> um, well, excited to be here. We've had a few uh, little changes uh, that came up uh, as I moved. Um, one is that we've got some restructuring going on here in the network, so we're really excited because uh, the 602 Club is is not just going to be a podcast, but it is going to be a wing here of TFM where uh, we're going to be expanding a little bit. So there's going to be some other things coming your way under the 602 Club banner uh, for you. So we're going to have some different podcasts. Chris and I are thinking up some some ideas, um, but we want this to be a place that that it kind of expands the network even further. You know, um, we have great Trek content, but there's so much else that we can be talking about as we do here on the 602 Club. And so mm-hmm. we're really excited, um, you know, uh, and nothing's coming your way right away, um, but it is going to be coming. Chris already has some ideas of things he's been thinking about. I've got some ideas of things that I might be wanting to do. So we're really excited to be able to do that here and just to see TFM grow as well as, you know, the 602 Club, which means, Christy, we now have our own handles on Twitter and Instagram for people to be following are part of the network. Isn't that exciting? It's so exciting because, you know, I mean, before we were tagging our stuff, of course, I'm sure all of you saw that, but now we have our actual own channel to be sharing our shows every week, which is great. And I hope everybody will follow and talk to us. Yeah, absolutely. And not only that, but, you know, it gives us the opportunity to be able to uh, share and talk about all the entertainment news that goes along with all the things that we're talking about here on the 602 club and so uh, make sure you're following Mm -hmm. us in both places and right now um all the way to september 21st we're doing a uh, a giveaway so if you follow us there on twitter and instagram you'll be entered to win a 25 dollar gift card to amazon so i mean and all you have to do is hit the follow button so it's like the easiest contest on the planet you could win 25 bucks to amazon to spend on whatever you want you could possibly get 25 songs. You could get, well, may, I guess this, these days with the prices, one action figure. <laughs> or one new hardback novel. Or, or your favorite movie. A lot of them these days are less than 25 bucks. So there you go. I mean, yeah, we yeah. want to give that to you. So um, yeah, help us out. Follow us over there on Instagram and Twitter. Uh, under uh, the 602 Club, and then on Instagram, it's the 602 Club TFM. So, um, but if you're searching for the 602 Club, you'll find us. Uh, it's pretty easy because it's our logo. Um, also, uh, just want to say a huge thank you to our social producers through Patreon: Ken Tripp, Davis Grayson, Ryan Millett, and Daniel Noah. We really appreciate them supporting the show and the network, uh, and all that we've got going on through Patreon. As we make these changes, uh, we still need your help. So go to patreon.com slash trekfm and see how you can be part of the team. And make sure uh, you check out the different contribution levels we've got. Honestly, though, in the end, every little bit helps um, for us to keep this great content to you uh, coming every single week uh, through TFM uh, and the 602 Club. Plus, you know, of course, make sure you're subscribed to the show. Um, you you, you want to make sure that you get the show as soon as it drops, so subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And if you are on Apple Podcasts, give us a star rating review. So, um, Chrissy, this week we're going back to Star Wars, and this is really fun because we're talking about uh, one of the young adult novels, which uh, on a whole I found to be uh, some of the best Star Wars expanded material that's been coming out. And um, mm-hmm. this book is, we're going to be covering today and reviewing is Freefall, 
all about Poe Dameron before his life in the Resistance. And so um, before we even get started, I just kind of wanted to know, was this something that, you know, you were looking forward to as Poe a character that you liked in the sequel trilogy? And was this a book that you thought, oh, man, I want to read that one? Oh, 100%. Because it's funny, I actually wanted this book when I was watching Rise of Skywalker and seeing the relationship between Poe and Zori in the movie and going, okay, there is so much intensity here between them and like a clear kind of romantic past as well that he alludes to multiple times. And I was just going, oh, please fill in the gaps for me at some point, like how they got to that point of clearly having such a strong connection because there was definitely a backstory there. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> absolutely. I, I I felt like you could cut the like sexual tension between the two with a knife. You know, it was just yeah. like there was clearly something that had happened between these two. And well, and even just the whole joke about you ran spice. Yes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Well, and and I mean, I feel like you know, that's the, the these characters I I liked these characters, you know, and Poe was was honestly my favorite character in in the sequel trilogy, and I always wanted to know more about him. So to me, just the fact that we were going to be diving into his life before and just Poe, yes, yes, thank you, yeah. yeah, and and I think um I would actually be really interested for them to do more of this kind of thing because these are characters I would love to continue to get to know, and I feel like and I. I I guess I'm not going to spoil it. I'm going to spoil it right up front, but I feel like this book legitimizes the character of Poe to me in a way that, um, you know, the movie's only really ever hinted at. And I would mm-hmm. say this exact, this is exactly what I want from expanded universe material. I want to be able to see the movies and the characters in, in a different light in a way that really informs the movie in a way that makes me appreciate the movie even more and the character because of what the book does. And I, I think I, I'll spoil it right up front. I think this book does that, honestly. And I will definitely agree too with you for this is the kind of thing that I want these books to do uh, as well as far as like filling in gaps. Um, I felt like Leia Princess of Alderaan really did that for me uh, as far as looking at Leia's story in a new way and really understanding the loss that she went through, um, you know, with her family as well as with her planet. I think that you just look at it in a, in a completely new light than after reading that book. Yeah. And I think that you look at Poe in a new light after reading this book. I'm not going to give away all my thoughts. Yeah, but Yeah, no, I agree with you. And, and I you know, one of the things that really struck me, and, and this is something that if you were to go back and you can, you can listen all the way back to the Force Awakens episode that we did here on the 602 Club. I've been asking for basically this type of book for a very long time in the way it sets up the sequel trilogy era. Because this book is set obviously mm-hmm. way before, uh, you know, it, it, at least probably five, six, seven years uh, before uh, the what we'd see, um, you know, Poe is a teenager here. And I, I think by the, the films, he's right. maybe maybe in his early 30s, maybe late 20s. But still, it's maybe 10 years or so before The Force Awakens, most likely. And um, the way that this book kind of sets up the milieu of the galaxy was phenomenal to me because it really gave me a picture of what this galaxy is like and where all the struggles are that are going to lead into the force awakens in a way that just about Mm -hmm. nothing else except for maybe bloodline has in the expanded universe material that we've been getting. Like I, I wanted this book basically before the force awakens. As I was reading it, all I could think was how amazing would that have been to have had that, story this story before the force Mm -hmm. awakens um because of what it does for setting up the galaxy and how much they set up of the galaxy like with all of the 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 different smuggling rings all the different people running spice all the different like gangs like oh my gosh i just i can't believe that and and part of that is we've talked about many a times here on on the show they didn't know. 
Like, they had no idea this was going to be Poe's story. I mean, Poe was legitimately supposed to die when he saves Finn. And then they, you know, J.J. Mm-hmm. actually brings him back. You know, he, he's, he, they end up liking the character so much that they, they, they end up finding a way to bring him back in the movie. So they have no idea what his story was going to be. But, man, I just wish that they had known. And so they could have given this story before the movie because it, it, all the way back then because this is just such a phenomenal setup for the, the, the Force Awakens and the character of Poe Dameron. And I mean, you know, unfortunately, I don't think they were going to do that for any of their stories because it was such a um, huge moment to right. have The Force Awakens at all. So, you know, they were going to focus on that and only that. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree that it would have been great timing to have it beforehand. Um, but, it, you know, I'm glad that we've got this kind of thing now, at least. And I was going to add too that I think the title is so fitting for it being Poe's story. Because, you know, he does feel like another Han. Yeah, yeah, I think that that's right. Um, I, I think that the title really fits well. And I mean, the the thing that we do here that I thought was brilliant is that we we not only set up Poe as a character and the things that he goes through, but we set up where the Republic is. We we see the kind of lackadaisical mm-hmm. nature to which the Republic is, is not necessarily worried about... Um, the the rest of of the galaxy except for those like mid rim core worlds you know they don't really have time to worry about the outer rim um and the the loss of the empire setting up all of these new um you know spice rings that the the spice runners at kajimi um i think the 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 way all of that has gone down you know with the underworld um and then, I mean, they even give us more information than we've ever had on the Guavian Death Gang because they show up, you know, like right. all of those things. Like I just if this had been at the beginning of, before The Force Awakens, it would have been amazing because it truly sets up that whole side of the galaxy and just the, the galaxy in general and gives you a feeling of what is going on in the galaxy that will lead to The Force Awakens in the first place. Like you you really feel here in this book like the reason that people would be even a somewhat attracted to the idea of the first order in some ways be, mm-hmm. because of the things that we're seeing the new republic fail at throughout this book i mean it's just a very good introduction and uh, i got to give credit where credit's due i'm glad that we're getting it now it's just as point we didn't get it before because it would have been even more impactful i think than you know having it mm-hmm. now in retrospect which again it it yeah. adds to um what i see now in the force awakens and on through um the rest of the sequel trilogy but it's just disappointing that they chose to not really understand the full reality of the sequel trilogy story so that they couldn't be truly setting it up in the way that this book does i mean it it again give credit to the author here does a great job of 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 doing that um and i and i love this book for it because it makes me appreciate the era a little bit more yeah i was gonna add to the underworld as well is my favorite thing about star wars as people may have seen since i dress up as a bounty hunter uh so it's something that i think is a source of constant material and then it fits perfectly here because of exactly what you were saying that how it's set right after endor and the new republic trying to get a grip on things and realizing they only have so much manpower and such a vast amount of space to deal with and so they can't go as far as they would like and they don't have as much control as they would like and i think even borders on this topic of becoming the thing you're trying to prevent you know especially with trune you see that she got into this being part of the new republic you know the enforcement officers because the spice runners murdered her family but then she's also going after people and possibly murdering people supposedly right. for something good yeah. But the the end the means don't justify the end. Yeah. No, I I think you're right on target because 
and I think there's a, a what you're bringing up uh, is something that I really got struck with with the book, and I I felt like it was really relevant to the world we're living in today, and this idea of lawlessness, and mm-hmm. you know, like you said, Troon's family, she's she's a um she's a New Republic uh, security officer whose family had been killed, you know, by the Spice Runners, and she's out for vengeance, really. Um, yeah, but I, I also, but she's supposed to be a right, good guy. Exactly. But I also think she has a point because what she's seeing is that the new Republic isn't really doing the job that it's meant to do, which is to mm-hmm. keep lawlessness at bay. And what you see here is by the, with the inaction of the new Republic to do the job that they should be doing in the galaxy, lawlessness begets more lawlessness. And, the uh, proliferation of spice runners from Gajimi, as well as other gangs, has just grown like tenfold in you know the span of you know ten fifteen years because the New Republic just has gotten lax. They have become too inward focused already, the same way that the the new uh, the old Republic had, um, and. I honestly think, too, that's never mentioned here, but you can truly see Luke Skywalker's failure of not working to bring Jedi back to the galaxy because this is one of the things Jedi are meant to do. They are meant to help keep the peace. Uh, And there's no one there to help the government whatsoever to do that. The Jedi are still extinct for all intents and purposes. And, And what do we see? Without them there to help the government itself cannot do it all. Um, and, and part of that is, mm-hmm. I mean, this all goes to things we've seen in the expanded universe so far of, you know, Mon Mothma wanted to, to, you know, uh, deescalate everything and, and to basically, right. Um, give up ba- uh, the, the job before it's done, you know, um, and just not being willing to, to really do what it takes to then keep order in the galaxy in in a responsible way um and and Troon is a perfect example of that and i really loved her story because of just how relevant it is to the world that we're living in today you know you cannot allow mm-hmm. uh lawlessness to increase because it will only lead to more lawlessness right and what an excellent point bringing up the lack of jedi at the moment too because that even led me thinking about how that whole quote, if you stand for nothing, you'll fall for everything. That without the Jedi, it's like even good people are starting to drift into that dark space and possibly then turning into these lawless people that are, you know, they've mm. got to find some way to get by mm-hmm. if the Republic's right. not doing it for them. Yeah. And I mean, if the, and you didn't run into that thing, you know, if the Republic is not, the government's not going to do its job to keep us safe, well, then it's my job to keep myself safe, right? And or my family. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and too, what we truly see here is that, you know, these, these gangs, uh, and especially the Spice Runners of Kajimi, uh, they're, they're willing to do whatever it takes to succeed uh, and to make money and to become more prosperous. And when there's, there's nobody in there to, to fill that vacuum uh, and that of, of the void left by the empire uh, to keep order. Um, yeah. You're, you're, you're left with a mess. You're left with this quagmire that the, the outer rim is turning out to be here. And um, yeah, I'm, I'm with you too. I, you know, I loved Solo, and I I loved the way that it added to the underworld. I thought that was fantastic. That's one of my favorite things. I love the Clone Wars for doing that as well. And, you know, some mm-hmm. of the, the best books that we've had, I, you know, I think of Most Wanted, which is the story about Han and Kira before the movie came out, uh, set before the movie, was fantastic, you know. Um, so this stuff is is phenomenal. And I think, you know, the, the way that we get... Um, just the the story here and 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 the relevancy of of the story to the world that we live Segura has done such a good job of m- making you feel like 
you can see how the Star Wars world looks on our world. So, yeah. Yeah, that makes sense, too. It definitely, it's weird how it, it kind of crosses over in that way of reality versus fiction and seeing how your two worlds are relating to each other right now. And then I like how it kind of transcends as well the whole of the sequel trilogy, that it could have been released before Force Awakens ever came out, but it also fits now coming out after we've seen Rise sure. of Skywalker. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. And they mentioned Babu Frick, which is the big thing. There I you wanted, go. So. Absolutely. More Babu. Um, <laughs> and, you know, I thought one of the things that was really fascinating to me is that, you know, this book really revolves around the two main characters of, of Poe and Zori. And in many ways, mm -hmm. they're mirrors for each other as they are trying to figure out what it means to grow up in this universe. And I love that. You know, for Poe, it, it really is about wanting to explore, have adventures, you know, and, and in, in a lot of ways, his story kind of mirrors what we see in Anakin and Luke, you know, and that desire to mm -hmm. have adventure, to be a hero, to 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 see the galaxy. Um, but in in a lot of ways, too, he's even more willing to do kind of whatever it takes to to have those adventures and he's willing to become a criminal to have those adventures. And I really liked that the struggle for Poe is like, is this who I want to be? Do I want to be somebody who's willing to do whatever it takes to get what I want? Um, and is that really what I want? Is my destiny to be a backwater farmer, you know, on Yavin 4 with my dad? or To be a criminal or something else? And like, I thought the way that Segura writes the story for Poe, I was completely engaged with the whole time. and But I also really loved that it is a classic Star Wars story of what are you going to choose? You know, are you going to be selfless? Or are you going to be selfish? How are you going to live your life? And, and that's the big theme of Star Wars in many ways. And Poe has to find that out really the hard way. Because he makes some bad choices that lead him down a path that could lead to his ultimate, uh, you know, his physical and literal destruction, right? <laughs> right. Like, if it's not physical, then, you know, mental. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that that, above all, is the biggest selling point for this book. I think that with a YA book, I worry sometimes that it's going to be very surface level and lean more into the romanticism of the story. And I'm glad that this story doesn't do that alone. I think that it was so important for me to have it be um, a deeper story about Poe's motivations, about where he comes from, you know, as far as his parents and why he makes the decision to end up with the resistance later. And I think that we get that. And it's really great, like you said, how he is a mirror as well of like Anakin and Luke's stories of starting on a small farm and just wanting to get out and see the rest of the world. You know, he feels like he's been held back his whole life and that he just can't wait to get off Yavin 4. And then also because he feels like and sees that his father hasn't gotten over losing his wife yet and that's holding Poe back from dealing with it as well. Yeah, I really like that you bring that up here with Poe's story because the relationship between him and his father has a big part of this and um and in relationships between fathers and sons are so Star Wars as well. Um but, but like mm -hmm. you mentioned um dealing with Shara Bay's death his father, Kess, is having a very hard time overcoming that. Like, that was the love of his life. And her leaving shattered him to the point yeah. to which, you know, he is willing to do whatever it takes to keep his son safe, even if it means keeping his his son as close as possible and giving him no adventures whatsoever and 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 not understanding the line of how to to help his son be able to move forward find out who he's going to be give him that freedom without just 
you know, squelching him completely, like just crushing him. And and part of of the decision that Poe makes has to do with the fact that his father has never allowed him that opportunity. And it's it's not his father's fault, but it does play into the decision that Poe makes. Yeah, it, I think that that's something that you definitely see carries throughout the rest of the book as well as then maybe reflected in the way Poe reacts to things in the films as well. It it makes you look at it in a new light as far as the way Poe lives his life from then on because he didn't get to have the kind of relationship with his father that he had with his mother and that his father is basically withholding love because he can't accept that Shara Bay is gone. And it, you know, it, it made me so sad when he says I can see her in my son and I don't want to look at it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and yeah. it's just like, ah, oh, you can't do that. Well, but and, and at the same time, what I love, too, is that, you know, they he comes to rescue his son, you know, and he's like, you know, yeah, a father will always come for their son. And so you can. Right. He yes, still loves exactly. Them. And I think that's the thing. That's one of the things that actually helps Poe be able to move out of the life of the spice runner is that experience that he has with his father. Um, and his father's best friend coming to save him uh, and to get him out of this life, mm-hmm. realizing that his father, even though his father has not been able to do or love his son perfectly, his father truly does love him and wants what's best for him. And he, his father knows this isn't what's best for him. And I think that's the thing that allows him to – there's a great, great quote uh, in the book of, of uh, that I really love um, – Poe has the voice of his mother ringing in his ears saying, you know, you should make your own choices, Poe. We'll never take that from you. We'll teach you enough so that you know how to choose the right path when the time comes. And I think that intervention there with his father is the thing that kind of helps him remind himself that, you know, his parents did what they thought was right in raising him to help him choose the right path. And it just kind of reminds me, you know, like the, the the proverb of train your child up the way he should go, and when he's old, he will not depart from it. And Poe kind of proves that proverb to be correct, right? Um, and Shara mm-hmm. Bay even kind of like, that's a nice paraphrase almost. You're gonna We're going to show you enough so that you can choose the right path when the time comes. And so Poe... Uh, has to live with the consequences of his actions of of choosing to go off with these spice runners in the life that he's chosen for them and he almost doesn't get out of it and and I think that's a really you know I really appreciated this book in Poe's story because we also see that you have to pay for the consequences of your actions and Poe almost pays pretty dearly by almost losing his father and and their their family's best friend um when they come to rescue him you know like he almost loses the only family he has left and i i think um i really appreciated the book didn't really pull any punches in that way like that's really strong mhm yeah it, and it even like it got to me when poe realizes at the beginning of him leaving in the first place that it's not what he thought it was going yep, to be. Yep. He wanted desperately to get out. He's mad at his dad. And then he realizes, Oh, I'm in some serious stuff here. This is not just, Oh, you know, we're going out and having adventures and getting into shenanigans. No, this is like people are dying. Right. <laughs> and, you know, and then he realizes that although he was mad at his father and his family friend that he they were still the only family he had left and now he had no one. Right. Well, and I mean it, it's like, you know, I'm sure the proverb uh in in the Star Wars galaxy is, you know, the stars are not always brighter on the other side of the galaxy. You know, it you know, right. it, it's so, <laughs> but that's what Poe finds out is like it's yeah. not what he thought it was going to be. He had this romanticized version of, of what life was going to be among the stars. And it's not, that's not it, especially the life of a criminal. And, and, and I mm-hmm. really, 
appreciate that Poe has to deal with the morality of his choices and figuring out, like, is this who I want to be? You know, he he kind of finds himself in a in a world of Fifty Shades of Grey. Like, there's no black or white. And Zori makes that very clear to him quite a few times. Like, we're not here to play hero. We're not here to be the savior of the galaxy. We're here to do our job and to make money. And we're doing this for us. And, like, again, Mm -hmm. that whole play out of, like, do you want to live in that world? Do you want to live in the world of, of no right or wrong, just survival? Is that what you really want? Poe has to make that decision. And I think it's great because that's the Star Wars decision. Do you want to live the selfish life or do you want to live the selfless life? And um, do you want to live in a life where there is no right or wrong, where there's only just the only the only the law is the law you make for yourself? Is that what you want? Mm-hmm. And I think we come to realize that's not the life we want, like that we are the own arbiters of our own truth. Like, I love that. I think it's so strong. We don't want to live in the world that's 50 shades of gray. Right. Or where you have to make your own rules and nothing is about being connected to a community and having one place you call home or any of those other things that go along with it. Like it just, I think Poe really realizes that that's an awfully lonely life. Yeah. And that he doesn't want to go that way. And yeah, it, and it, it really too also calls back to me when, um, you know, in rise of Skywalker, when he's talking to Zori and they're kind of reminiscing and she says we could go anywhere. And then they have it in the book as well. Like Segura included it here. Uh, even though they were just doing a test run of the ship again after repairing it, I thought it was sweet that they included that moment. Um, and I think even then Poe is realizing, even if I had the chance, I don't think I could right. do it. Yeah. Well, and, and I thought the the thing that this really helped, helped to do, obviously, is flesh out the character of Zori. You know, uh, from the Rise of Sky- mm-hmm. Skywalker, this was my favorite new character added. I loved this character. Part of it is because she's the kind of cool bounty hunter thing going on. Um, I loved, though, that she... I, I, like, I knew that this had to be part of the story, right? Like, I knew there had to be this uh, deeper connection with Poe because it was so evident in, in what we got. But I really liked getting her as the mirror for Poe in this and that, you know, she's the character with a famous mother who's trying to figure out what her destiny is going to be. Does she have to be mm-hmm. a spice runner? Could she be something else? Does she want to be anything else? And what I love is the way in which she has to wrestle with this because for the first time in her life, she's met someone who makes her question her own destiny, you know, and it's not yeah. just about the romance between her and Poe. It's it's something that's really so much deeper. You know, I, I feel like one of the things I was really impressed with with this book is I felt like the romance between Poe and Zori is a true romance in the sense that it is more than just romantic feelings. These are people who become their lives become bound together by more than just like physical, you know, uh, relationship together. Yeah. Like it's truly a bond between two people where they become friends, um, they become people that they want to be able to rely upon and that they want in their lives um, as a partner. And, and so to me, like it was really nice to see that this is not a book about like, Oh, they're just going to sleep together or whatever. This is a, true mm-hmm. relationship and you could kind of understand then why she's so pissed at him you know when you meet her in the rise of skywalker but then you can understand too the conversations that they end up having and the fact that she would end up joining the resistance in the end because poe has had a massive impact on her life and i think um you know the the, the life that they had here um plays out well in and in, into what we see in the rise of Skywalker. I just really was impressed by the writing here. And I really love the fact that we got to spend so much more time with this character. And honestly, I just want more Poe and Zori. Like, and I feel like we should get Poe and Zori books, you know, after the rise of Skywalker, because 
I think these two belong together, you know, like, and not just mm-hmm. romantically, but they would make such great partners and it would be so much fun to, in, to see them move forward um, as characters with all of this backstory now. Right. That's the important part that they started as partners, that they got to know each other because they were doing a job and it came into saving each other's lives multiple times and things like that, that built that friendship and that connection and genuine trust between them before it ever got anywhere romantic. And I think that they show that that's the most important piece of it in order to have it work or not between two people. And I think that it's, it's something that I would love to see continue even for just wanting to um, see Poe do that knowing sly smile again. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I think like, I think you said a really key word is that it wasn't partnership. Like these two learn how to respect one another when they're not expecting Mm -hmm. that to happen. And that's what kind of leads them to be able to comfortably move into like when they kiss for the first time, you know, like their relationship has a strong foundation of partnership and friendship that leads them into something else. And that it's, but that physicality is not the most important thing that's happened. And I think it's just so true to real life. Like, yes, we all love, being in love with people and you know nothing's better than a great kiss or whatever but this is so much deeper than that i think that's the thing that Segura really is able to portray in this story that these are people who needed each other right in a way because they help make each other better people it takes a little bit longer mm-hmm. for story to get to where she's going to be a better person but she is going to be a better person because of Poe. And I think Poe is going to be a better person. And we see that because of Zori. Um, and yeah. it's great. And I really liked that, you know, she offers him the same deal that Anakin offers Padme and that Vader offers Luke. We can remake the Spice Runners in our own image, you and I. You know, like she mm-hmm. it's such a great. Like, this is where storytelling for Star Wars works so well when you can kind of rhyme with what's came before, but do it in a different way. And, like, she makes him an offer he can only refuse because that's not who Poe's going to be in the end. Right, because he still has that driving morality that his parents taught him of, we're not going to tell you what to choose, but you'll know what the right thing is. And and that he does, like you said, like plant this bug then in Sori in Zori's head about what it means to have a fulfilling life. Yeah. And that just being out for yourself is not going to do that. Well, and I think the beautiful thing about that is the way then it connects with the rise of Skywalker and that like you were mentioning later uh, earlier, that connection, that conversation they have on the rooftop, you know, and they're talking about mm-hmm. how. um all the children were taken. You know, we know that then they had been taken to be a part of the First Order's ranks, right? And Zori lamenting that happening there on Kajimi. And that obviously, Kajimi, the, the Spice Runner's not strong enough to go up the, against the might of the First Order. And so mm-hmm. one of the reasons she's willing to help Poe in this, she knows, even with her anger at him, this is the right thing to do. You know, and, right. you know, the the fact that she gives away then in the movie, you know, her her medallion so that they can get on the ship like they need to. And like she's willing to be she's moved to the place where she's willing to be sacrificial and not and, and not selfish. And it's it's just neat to see mm-hmm. how this book really like it plays so well with that movie. And I think, that, you know, I as I talked about before, both Poe and Zori's story just make me wish that there was just this type of cohesion throughout the entire sequel trilogy as a whole. Because when you are able to know the end, you're able then to plan out these stories accordingly. And so knowing the end obviously makes this a fantastic story because it plays so well with that. And if the entire sequel trilogy had been like that... um, it would have been even more fantastic. So 
you know. Yeah. Um, but I think this book does just does such a great job of playing with what we got and making better what we got too, because I read the book, you know, and you shouldn't have to read a book mm-hmm. to make a movie better, but this movie definitely, this book definitely makes, um, I would say the force awakens and the rise of Skywalker, uh, a, a much better, uh, group of stories for me and makes me appreciate them even more. And, and for that, I'll be forever grateful that this book got released. Right. It works like it should as a book within an existing universe where it's great supplemental material mm-hmm. to fill in some gaps that you would like to see explored. I definitely feel like it does that. And it, it like you and I both were looking for, gave us a reason to love Poe other than he's a hotshot pilot. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's something that um, I think is a great thing to talk a little bit about is like, I liked the way that the book helped explain Poe and helped differentiate him a little bit from Han. Like, he's not just Han, mm-hmm. you know, 2.0. Uh, he is his own person. And I appreciated um, the way in which I felt like we were able to set the character apart a little bit. Um, from Han in in this way and it's it's just nice you know like um and I wish again this is one of those things where I just wish we had had a little bit more time in the sequel trilogy to spend with Poe's character to be able to really do that and see a full arc for him in a way that truly makes a lot of sense because it's it's great to see him learning all these hard lessons here uh, in this book, you know, about the choices you make and um, but also at the same time learning to be that great pilot, you know, who's fearless. Mm-hmm. And, and, and you know, um, I actually really appreciated this book, too, because we explained something that didn't make a ton of sense in the, the Rise of Skywalker, uh, explaining what light speed skipping actually is, you know. Um, yes, thank you. Like those little <laughs> things about what we learn about what Poe can do um, was great. Like, it was really great. So, And, you know, I'll add to one of my favorite things about it was, um, oh, man, now I'm trying to remember. It was, it was right on the tip of my tongue. Oh, um, I was going to say, so the, the other thing, too, when you were mentioning the differentiating between him and Han Poe kind of leads a, a, I'm not going to say a completely charmed life, but compared to Han that we see in Solo and what he deals with before he then grows up and eventually meets Leia and everything, um, he had a much rougher life than Poe did. Yes, yes. Poe got to be the kid of this famous fighter in the rebellion and, you know, live on a farm on a small, relatively small civilization on Yavin 4 and had everything handed to him and got bailed out, they said, at least seven times from flying his mother's ship when he wasn't supposed to be. And, you know, it's just all these things that are chances that Han never had. <laughs> so, yeah, I I really appreciate you saying that, you know, because I, I think one of the things that we see here is, you know, Poe is kind of representative of you know the the younger generations that we have now where you you've been given everything and you have to make the right choices you know um and i think here um what i really appreciated is again poe's parents instilled in him right values that will lead him down the right path but he has to choose to follow that path he has to choose to follow in those footsteps of those values and he become he he comes face to face with a life without that, and uh, again, it he doesn't decide then to live in in that that life where there's nothing but gray. He chooses to live a life that's more than just about him and what he wants. And I really appreciate that. And I loved at the very end of the book, uh, we we get that clip of him seeing Leia, you know, speak to the Senate. Uh, of the New Republic and him being inspired by her words, being um, uplifted by somebody 
speaking what he he heard from his parents and he knows in his heart to be the right thing and being inspired to be that better person because of the previous generation. And I think it's something that was kind of missed a little bit for the most part in most of the sequel trilogy of being able to look up to our original trilogy characters. But I really liked yes. that Poe, in the end, it's looking up to Leia and seeing her stand up for what is right that attracts him to her as a leader and somebody that wants to follow her and learn from her and support her in any way he can. And 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 it leads into such a great place where, you know, and I almost love to 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 have a book now where we continue with the story of Poe and him meeting Leia and becoming a member of the resistance and all of that. I think that'd be great. Yeah, I do too. And I I did like the same kind of relationship we got in Force Awakens with Rey looking up to Han. Yes. Yep. I think that that is something at least that we did see in the sequel trilogy that I appreciated. And I I do wish we'd gotten more of that, but it's nice to then see it Mm -hmm. in books like this too. 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. So, uh, Chrissy, I'm really interested. You know, we've we've talked, you know, for a while now uh, about Freefall. So what would you rate Freefall? I was actually pleasantly surprised, and I will give it a four out of five. Very nice. Um, I don't remember. Anyway, I'm going to say four out of five. Bobby Frick. Nice. Nice. <laughs> um, just because... But it it really had so much more depth than I expected. I'm usually not super into YA as a genre, but this one, um, along with, like I mentioned, Leia, Princess of Alderaan, really made me look at the movies and these character stories in a new light and added some things to them and gave more expanded background on all of their motivations. So I love that more than anything else. And like I said, that it doesn't focus on just the romantic mm-hmm. relationships, yeah. that it focuses on the true meaning behind them and what their goals are um, and how they change and grow up. You know, Poe here is a kid and then you're seeing how he's going to become Poe, the, you know, resistance pilot later. So I really enjoyed it. And I would say it's, an almost perfect book. Yeah. No, I I mean I'm right there with you. I feel like um I I feel like this is the book that I wanted. Uh it's the book that I needed and I'm so glad that we got it. And you know, I now I just want more books about Poe and Zori. I think that'd be great. I'm going to give this 4.25 lightspeed skips out of 5 because I go. really <laughs> really enjoyed this and I thought that um it was it was fantastic. Uh, I, I I highly recommend it to everyone. I I, I don't think you want to miss this one. Um, this is definitely a Star Wars book that I I've read twice now because I had to read it, you know, for reviewing it and then um, you know reviewing it here on the show. And I enjoyed both times. Like it was great. So I'm really excited. Would read yeah, again. I I would I might read this book again. You, I would definitely revisit this maybe in a year or so. It would it, because it's a fun quick read and it's just really enjoyable. So highly recommend to everyone. Uh Christy, it is time though for our recommendations for everybody of other things that we would like to recommend to people. Yeah, I, I actually have one that's a nonfiction recommendation this week. I have been getting into some YouTube stuff lately, and I actually really love a lifestyle person I started watching named Jessica Neistat. It's N-E-I-S-T-A-D-T. It's really weird spelling, but um, basically she did this video that I came upon called Getting Out of a Rut. And she did it recently during the midst of the pandemic, which is, I think, why I found it. And it was so refreshing because she said up front, listen, I'm not here to give you some list of things that I found off Pinterest that are hollow and meaningless about how to get out of a rut. Because this situation, probably none of us have ever been in before. And it's not that easy. She said, what I'm going to do is tell you some genuine things that have worked for me to try and just get a little bit more positive and to realize that 
a step, even if it's a baby step, is still another step forward. And that really sunk in with me and got me to start watching some of her other stuff. Um, so I highly recommend checking her out. I think that in particular, her videos like that around motivation and around um, habits for success are really helpful and genuine. So Jessica Neistat. That's cool. That's really cool. I, I, so I, we just got a chance to, of course we moved and everything. And so that life was crazy, but, um, got a chance to see finally the movie Harriet, uh, that came out last year about Harriet Tubman. Uh, it's on HBO max mm. and it was, uh, a really good watch. My wife and I really enjoyed it. And so I'm, I'm going to recommend that to everybody. Um, it, it was a, it was a very good movie. So I uh, highly recommend checking that out when you have an opportunity, uh, especially since if you got HBO Max, it's free right now. What up? So. Oh, yeah. By the way, I found out I get it free since I'm an AT&T yeah, customer. That's awesome. So become an AT&T customer and you can't. There you go. That's fantastic. <laughs> well, Christy, we're not sponsored, but we'd like to be. <laughs> yeah, that's a free plug for AT&T. If you want to sponsor us, uh, you can reach us at uh, the 602 Club on Twitter. Uh, Tr- Christy, mm-hmm. if everybody wants to find you um, and see what else you've got going on besides the 602 Club, where can people find you? You can find me on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok, at least for now, at Bespin Bell. And I do a couple of other shows when I'm not here doing 602 Club with Matt. I do a show called uh, Sabers and Spells with my friend Teresa. It's been a little bit since we put out an episode. Sorry, we've been having issues lately, but we will be back soon. And uh, I do another show on Fanthatrax Network called Planet Leia, where I, myself and five other women from around the world, talk about Star Wars. That's awesome. Uh, well, you can find me on Twitter, Instagram, Letterbox Vero under the name Matt Rushing Zero Two. Uh, I'm here on the network uh, doing uh, two other shows. One is called The Orb with Chris Jones. When we get a chance, we talk about Star Trek: Deep Space Nine. I'm going to be back on Literary Treks uh, as well, so check that out. Uh, talk about the Star Trek books and comics over there with Chris. Uh, and then uh, on the Nerd Party Network, I'm doing two shows. One is called Owl Post with Drea Kaufman. We're talking about Harry Potter each and every week, one chapter at a time. And uh, last but not least, doing aggressive negotiations with John Mills as every single week we pick out a Star Wars topic. It is so much fun, so I hope you'll check us out. Uh, And uh, yeah, that's where you can find me. But we just want to say thank you so much for joining us. And I can fly anything, you hear? Thank you.